to the Whiskey and Watches podcast, a concise weekly discussion of the whiskey we are drinking and the watches we are wearing or would like to be wearing. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so we will try to be as accurate as possible, but please don't add us. Speaking of ads, you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches or email us at whiskeyandwatches at gmail.com. With that, let's get on with today's episode. On this episode, we will be discussing what brought us into the watch collecting hobby, how we met, the and ultimately what we want to bring to the watch enthusiast community with this podcast. We will also kick off with several of the many recurring segments we have planned for future episodes, including Tudor Talk, Fresh Form Finds, The Seiko Second, Omega Opinions, and Defunct Designs. The goal is for a weekly 30-minute episode that will get you, our listener, through their commute, workout, etc. Yeah, so I figured we should uh, we should talk about how we met first to uh, start sure. off. Sure. Um, I mean, I think the, the it, it kind of goes along with the uh, the name of the podcast, Whiskey and Watches. Uh, we met at a Whiskey and Watches event here in Cincinnati, Ohio, at a local jeweler known as Richter and Phillips. Uh, yeah, no, and it was a uh, it was a great time. It was my first uh, formal, I guess you call formal watch event. Same for uh, me. Super cool. Lots of cool watches. Yeah, lots of cool people. Uh, Lots of lots of whiskey, which is never a bad thing. But well, when it comes to watches, maybe right, correct. It, it only, I mean, but... I get where they're going with it. <laughs> it leads to bad decisions, expensive decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as I may have witnessed Luckily at that not event this time. Year, it was yeah. all good. Um, yeah, no, yeah, um, um, yeah, no. But then, like after that, I mean, we we ended up going with a friend of ours over to a. A local bar, getting a few beers and talking watches, and uh, yeah, and so I guess that's a, a good uh, reason to get into our wrist check and our drink check. Um, I'm oddly enough wearing the watch yeah. that um, so that our mutual today? friend. Uh, I, I'm wearing the watch that our mutual friend noticed at that whiskey and watches event. Um, it's also the first Swiss automatic watch that I bought, um, and I think it kind of led to the whole little mini group that we have um, whenever you whenever you're back in town in Cincinnati. Um, we all try to get together. Um, I'm wearing the Tudor Black Base Steel yeah. that I bought in October of 2017. Yeah, and that's a great watch. In-house, uh, that bezel's awesome. Um, I'm definitely I have a preference towards that steel bezel over the, yeah. any of the other ones. Just looks more yeah, rugged uh, in my opinion. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a later episode when we're talking about our collections. There's kind of a specific reason that I bought it, but it was the first one to have the date complication too. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. And then great I'm watch. Also- um, and it totally ties it does, but also I'll let you know, um, I'm drinking an Eagle Rare, you know, just a solid one out of the uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky. Classic. Yeah, you cannot can. go wrong with Buffalo Trace. Um, <laughs> um, well, I mean, today I'm wearing the uh, Tudor Black Bay 58, which is a watch that I had just purchased probably, I'd say probably about a month ago. Uh, you know, first watch purchase from an AD went super smooth. Uh, didn't have to wait too long. Like people say, the proportions are perfect. Uh, everything about it is it's, a great watch. It's phenomenal. I have no need to buy another watch honestly, at this point, but yeah, I mean, sub 12 millimeters thick, sub 40 millimeters in diameter. It great, wears great everyday watch. It wears so well. I mean, when we met up, couple weeks ago it was it was unreal how how well that fit i mean it just i'm still waiting for you to put it on the og bond nato and uh rock out like sean connery 
Yeah, no, the Bond NATO is going to come. Uh, I don't think I'm going to nerd out too much and get the the 17 millimeter NATO strap for it, but I think I'll I'll stick to the 20 and uh, just go from there. But it's going to be a it is, it's going to it, be great. It's I such a wait. fantastic piece. I, it, it was when when you when you sent that to the group text, it was like oh oh it happened it happened. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. I needed one. I was craving it. Yeah. I got it. Unfortunately, or fortunately, no, you didn't. You didn't have that long to wait for it either, which is great. Yeah. No. Um, but I mean, let's see here. I'm drinking a, uh, a Dickel rye whiskey, um, which just happened to be uh, serendipitous. I was in the store getting something else and the, uh, the guy walked up to me and he's like, Hey, this is a great whiskey. You'll enjoy it. I promise. And I'm like, okay, I'll take your word for it. And I have to say it's great. Great all around whiskey. I think they actually, not the one I'm drinking, but another one that they have actually just won some sort of award. I don't know what it is, but, uh, I saw it in the news somewhere. But uh, back to the watches. Yeah, actually, that's the second watch that I uh, was wearing today because uh, back to the, the, the Black Bay. Um, I had on my Seiko Samurai because we went to the gym uh, after work. So there's your Seiko second for today. Yeah, I mean, the Samurai, I, you got that watch a couple. I, I don't know. When did you get the Samurai anyway? It's been a while that you've had it, right? I, I got it over the summer because, um, you know, I wasn't planning on I – mean, I just wanted to test drive an orange watch, and I like it a lot. So anyway, we'll get to that next episode um should we talk about our fresh forum finds uh yeah um i think mine's a little bit more relevant to uh, current events so uh, All right, I'll, I'll let you go so first here i had a couple of them that i found um but then i think the one i'm going to talk about today is um i think uh let me pull it up on on my phone it's uh founded on watch you seek the other day and it's um it's a black, it's a, like, I think a 2017 black GMT master two with a ceramic bezel. Obviously they discontinued it last year, um, at Basel world, uh, when they came out with the Batman and discontinued the old two steel ceramic GMT master twos on oyster. Um, the only reason I think this is a steel is because I, it's been a while since they've been discontinued and I've seen one for less than about 10 grand. Uh, and this guy has it on. Yeah, this yeah, guy has it on uh, Watch You Seek for uh, about eight right now. But if you go back in the history, he's tried to sell it before, and the last time he was asking only sixty six hundred. So I feel like there might be a little bit of room to maybe pick this up for around seven seventy five hundred. I don't know. I mean, if you heard me saying this, he'd probably be mad. But at the same point, he's probably like, "Yeah, I guess you're probably right." <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, honestly, right? just take um, it, you know. Honestly. So, I mean, that's... I mean, it's more than what it was asking originally, so yeah, just I mean, go like, for it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I like the GMT Master 2. Don't have one of those yet. Obviously, I like the Batman. I like the Pepsi. Partial to the Coke, but I'd love to have a Coke ceramic. So, uh, if they come out with that one, probably going to be on the wait list. Yeah, cross the finger. I actually may have started the wait list there with Blake yeah. at Richter the other day uh, <laughs> as a joke, saying, hey, in three years when they come out with this, I would like one. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe a joke coming up. You know, it's never to get on the list early. No, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're you're technically first on the list. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I may not be their best customer, but But, uh, I am the first one to bring it up. (laughs) Absolutely, and that that's worth something. You know, it's not not nothing. So um, five gold submitters just because you can, but you know, it's (laughs) it's worth something. Exactly. Um, So yeah, that's my uh, my my fresh form find. a uh, eight thousand dollar GMT Master Two black ceramic that you might be able to get for a little bit less. Yeah, and it's worth noting you go on Crown Calibre or Watchbox or any of the major you know watch buying sites on the internet. That watch you will not find probably yeah, sub ten grand. So I mean that 
for eight grand or for eight grand or best offer or anything, that's that's a great deal. I was shocked when you told me that earlier. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. And again, I feel weird because a, a fresh form find that, you know, 7,500 bucks is still not anything I'm swinging anytime soon, but it's just like, yeah, that's a lower price than I've seen in a yeah. while. Kind of like, I, I know we were talking. Yeah. yeah no, we still were talking. To, but I mean, for a steel, steel, steel Rolex, it's yeah. a great price. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other one that we were talking about that I reached out to the seller um, that I found a week ago was a, a Panerai radio mirror. Uh, for twenty seven fifty, and I was like, "Is this still available?" And he's like, "Nah, it's sold." And I was like, "Ooh, okay, <laughs> that would have been a good one." But I feel weird putting up a fresh form yeah, find that is sold. Grand, yeah. yeah, sub three grand Panerai is unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, so for people listening, the Panerai is definitely sold. The GMT Master that we that we know of is Correct. still available. I found that one. That was a new listing on Watch You Seek. Uh, I w- I was on there at like one p.m. this afternoon when I was you know eating my lunch. And it had been posted within the last four or five hours. So that post is not even a day old on the day we are recording this, um, uh, which, you know, uh, it's just the start of the second week of January. So uh, that's where we're at. All right. Uh, yeah. What about your fresh forum find, which is thematic given that it is the Wednesday after the first Speedy Tuesday of the year? Yeah. Uh, like I said, going after the first Speedy Tuesday, uh, we were talking um, about the new Speedy Tuesday. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to look for a watch that ties in with it. Um, and I was able to track down a circa 1967 Omega Speedmaster. This is the professional version, not the same as the one that just came out yesterday. Um, but it's the Speedmaster Professional um, reference 145.012. Um, with a caliber 321, which is what everyone's going crazy for. Um, and it's for 9000 with the best offer. And the part that makes it more enticing is that it comes on the original bracelet. It very enticing. Which tends to be, yeah, which uh, nine grand with the original bracelet, uh, with the movement that everyone's losing their minds over. Uh, I think that's a, that's a pretty good deal for the current Speedmaster market, which may be, uh, you know, since the release yesterday, uh, may be going down in price. I don't know. We'll have to see. It just depends on uh, what happens I mean, here. You never know. It's uh, it's interesting to see. I, I don't know. I, I don't own any vintage watches yet. I keep looking and I keep seeing things like, oh, those look really cool. But you still really never know. Does this one that you found have box and papers or just the original bracelet? Uh, you know, it's just the watch itself. There's no box or papers. What was the it. price again? Um, you said 9200 Which, you know, when you're buying a vintage watch, uh, nine, well, okay. eight, nine, nine, nine. Uh, so like nine, so 9,000 basically, uh, with the best offer. Yeah. It's on eBay from a seller in the United States. Uh, good, good marks. Uh, looks to be legit. I mean, so, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. Everything was good um, on if you're in the vintage watch game and what caliber three, two, one, that's, that's a pretty good entry level for it from what little research I have done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most three, two ones are, you know, north of nine, 9,000, you know, well into the tens. Um, and with the original bracelet, you've been talking more yeah. than that. So, I mean, 9,000 with the best offer. So you're going to get cheaper than 9,000 uh, on the, on the original bracelet with the three, two, one caliber. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty good, what pretty are good your, deal in my mind from someone that's yeah. like looked into this. I mean, are you at all nervous market? about buying a vintage movement like that when it comes to service or anything, or are you, or have you had good luck when you picked up items like that? I mean, you know, I don't really have that much, you know, uh, you know, uh, work when it comes to, uh, buying vintage watches and servicing them. Um, but I mean, here's the deal. It's $9,000, 
uh, with the best offer. So you're gonna get it for sub, let's say $8,500. You'll get the thing for $8,500. You'll put a grand into servicing it. Cause I mean, if you're buying this watch, you're gonna probably want to service it. So, I mean, you buy it for 85, put a grand in 95, 95 total service watch, 321 caliber Speedmaster, original bracelet. That's it still is, a good deal, in my which opinion. brings us to the next segment, which we would like to call Omega Opinions, and this is on the new Caliber 321 Steel Speedmaster that Omega just released on the first Speedy Tuesday of 2020. Now, this isn't a Speedy Tuesday limited edition, as everybody should know if you're listening to this podcast. It is just a new no, non-limited yeah. edition Omega Speedmaster that is in stainless steel with a pretty slick looking flat link bracelet with caliber three, the new version of the caliber three, two, one, which is a essentially re rebooted movement that they, you know, scanned Gene Cernan's old watch to, to make, except it's not copper. It's treated with said to gold, which should be even better for longevity. The only thing is the price on it is pretty stinking steep. It's, it's unbelievably steep. I think I looked on today um, cause yesterday they, they didn't have the U S pricing up, but today, uh, I looked on Omega's website and it's, I saw the price ended up being 14,100 United States dollars, which I think it's, it's, what is it? It's about 1500 more than a that Daytona. I want to say that 1500 ish more. Cause I think the, I don't, and I don't know with the Rolex price yeah. increases, what the ceramic Daytonas go for now. I know that they were, they were 12, nine 95. Uh, They're probably up a little bit. Um, but even still, I don't think they're over 14. Okay. And I mean, I know you're getting the ceramic bezel, you're getting the 40 or 39.7 millimeter case size. It is pretty much the perfect Speedmaster, if you will, but I mean, the regular moon watch is what fifty five hundred yeah. retail, and you're not paying that for it at a at an AD even. No, absolutely not. I, I think it's worth noting uh, that even though this Speedmaster is a non limited edition, it will probably be for at least the first year, maybe two years, uh, the most limited Speedmaster you can get. Um, because I mean, it's it's all well and great that you know it's fourteen thousand dollars and handmade by a single watchmaker, but when it comes to actually getting the watch, I think it may be an issue for people. It probably actually will be, it. but I mean, it's not going to be white ceramic Daytona of an issue. No, uh, but I mean, with a with an estimate of like one thousand to two thousand watches for the entire year, I mean, I, I don't, I can't do the math on like how many you know every Omega boutique AD is going to get, you know, yada yada. Um, but I mean, it's going to be. Thin pickings for a little bit. And how many did they do for the 50th anniversary? The steel one that had the gold accents was that 1,669. Uh, okay. yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and I mean that one. That one sold yeah. out very quick. It's uh, if you go on the Speedy forums, all the you know Speedmaster aficionado websites pages, uh, they all praise that watch. So I can only imagine what this watch it's is going to be, be like a, for them. It's going to be pretty nuts. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's it's. I don't own yeah. a Speedmaster yet. This one has me. This one at least initially had me thinking about it, and then I, then I started seeing the price, and it's like, I don't know if I'm really willing to spend yeah. close to fifteen thousand dollars on a Speedmaster. And I mean, I know some people will, but that I mean, it's it's a cool movement. But it, do you think? I mean, I guess no, the question there becomes is is that movement going to make it into any other Speedmaster at some point? You think it has to, right? At some point. I mean, at some point, it, it's definitely going to go in a different version of the Speedmaster. I feel like Omega hasn't made this same model case. I mean, so this is the same model case with the first Omega in space without yep. the Alpha hands. 
Um, and so this is like the first time they've like really made like a mass produced, uh, version of this model Speedmaster, no crown guards, non-professional, uh, with the stick hands. Um, so, I mean, it's, I feel like it's only inevitable that it's going to eventually end up in a professional. Well, I say that, but I mean, they're, they're, they're currently transitioning the professional line into the, the three, eight, six, one movements, uh, away from the 1861 and the 1863 movements. Um, so, I mean, I could absolutely see them doing um just the the professional with those series of movements and then this version uh the non-professional with the three two one does it differentiate them um i mean so i don't know i mean it could be in more special editions that kind of stuff but i mean when it comes to like full production making into different speedmaster varieties i don't know but i would say i i would love to see it in the uh 1957 uh, anniversary model that would be yeah but awesome. then with, I mean they'd have to come out with something that looks like the 1957 anniversary model edition with that movement in that case um, and it'd have to yeah. be non-limited I, I, yeah they did they did one 2017 yeah yeah non-limited is a thing because they made the I forget, I forget what the number was that they made the uh, 57 Speedmaster in 2017 too. Um, but it was definitely limited, but I mean, it's easy to come by with, but the, the only bad thing was it came with the, uh, uh, caliber yeah. eight, six, one movement. So I mean, I'd love to see with the three, two, one, but I don't know if we're going to see that. Well, I, I know that our, our, our local friend here is probably going to get one in stock. And I, I told, I told our boy Blake, Hey, when you get one, I'm not on the list by any means, but like, I clearly want to see this thing in person. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure they've already got a little bit of a wait list going for it, but I was like, you know, I, I know this is going to be somebody else's watch I'll be trying on, but like, I want to come try it on. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. And I mean, people are going to be clamoring. People are going to be clamoring to see this watch like in person. Honestly, I would just love to see the, see the box that it comes in. Oh, that's a good point. I know, I know it sounds super nerdy, but I mean, if, if the... If the regular Speedmaster box is already monstrous and overproportioned, you can only imagine how big this box is going to be on this Speedmaster. I mean, that's true. Although I, I don't think did the and I we haven't looked at it, but speaking of new edition Omegas, the the new James Bond watch, which is also not limited edition, mind you, which again is another move I like that they're doing. Doesn't I think that one comes yeah. on almost in like a leather pouch instead of a instead of a, of a box. So I'll, I'll be interested to see your item. It'll be interesting to see what the packaging's like for this. Cause they didn't show any of that. Although I will say um, if you're really into that three, two, one movement, like a lot of people are um, Omega's promotional video that they've had on their Instagram for the last day or two uh, that essentially breaks the whole thing apart and shows individual components moving and then reassembles it is pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. They, yeah, like you said, it like pulls it out. You can see every single part to it. Um, you know, the watch case being assembled with the movement. Super cool, yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's really down to people that want that 3 2 one movement um, and are willing to pay the premium for it. Uh, I mean, like I said in the, the form font, you can definitely find that movement um, for much cheaper than this watch they're coming out with. But I mean, that being said, you're, you're not going to get the Sapphire bezel or in the Sapphire crystal. You're not going to get the open case back, um, or the, you know, just the modern durability of watches made today. Oh yeah. And you're not going to get, you're not going to get a warranty either. Like you're going to get on this one. Yeah. No warranty. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it really just depends on like what you're going after per se. 
Yeah, I mean that's still but still fourteen one is a. Uh... No, I mean yeah, that that price is absolutely going to put people off of it. I mean, I saw the watch yeah, I, well, as soon as I saw it. I'm like, man, this is an awesome watch, Omega. You finally listened to what people want, and you did it. They did. But I mean, I feel like they they almost like just put a bunch of prices in a hat and just pulled out. And they're like, you know what? This is fine. This works. Fourteen one, perfect. I guess we should move into our defunct designs, which I, it was this was your idea, and I, I think it's a great one to kind of talk about either defunct brands, whether they're you know long vintage uh, stuff from the you know forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies that kind of went away during the quartz crisis. Or maybe yeah. some some modern designs that we like that either aren't being done anymore, whether they're you know a discontinued line from a brand or a discontinued modern brand. Yeah, you know it's just stuff that people don't really talk about too often on forums or on websites or what have you. So I mean, I figure we should uh, delve into a few of them. I know you've got a pretty good one for uh, this week that I found pretty interesting when you were talking to me about it earlier. Yeah, no. So I, I was listening to uh, another another watch podcast. I think it was the Trading Desk, and they either had. Tim Masso on, obviously it was a Watchbox uh, production, or it was another person who was kind of in the know. Um, and they were talking about uh, the IWC Time Zoner, which is a watch that has a, a pretty unique functionality that I like where you know, it's got all this, it looks like a world timer. It's got all the city you know names around the edge of the bezel and you spin it and it, you know, as long as you have the time set correctly, it moves to the right time zone if you're traveling. It also has kind of a UTC indicator as well, or a day night, or maybe keeps track of a third time zone. I'm, I'm only yeah, really unique watch. It is, um, but I did not know the history of it, and that they acquired those patents um, from a, a defunct brand known as Vogt. I think is how you pronounce it. Is V is in Victor, O G is in George, T is in Tom. Um, yeah. Which, uh, or sorry, no, that's that's the guy's name. That's Michael Vogt who started the brand. The brand is called oh. Vogard. And yeah. um, they patented that world timer um, thing that, that you know, the, the, the little bezel action. Yeah, the little on, bezel action with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back in uh, 2002, 2003, and it was developed by a watchmaker named Thomas Pressure. Um, who yeah, worked that's, with that's him. crazy to me that it was only developed in 2003. I feel like it'd be a lot later, <laughs> earlier, or I mean, earlier than that. Yeah, and the majority of their watches, um, obviously, stuff in the early to mid 2000s. Um, very large. Uh, there's some that are that are pretty tasteful, like the, the business officer time zoner um, that I've seen. You know, some some reviews done of in the in the mid to late 2000s on like a blog to watch and some other some other watch publications. They're they're not. Yeah. You know, they're, they they're they're a little bit big. I'd love to I'd love to be able to see one in person. Um, they did them in yeah. DLC treatments, a bunch of different colors. Um, there is actually one for sale on Watchbox right now for I think right around 2,500 bucks. All stainless yeah. black black dial, very tasteful looking. Um, The only thing that they did uh, differently than IWC is that theirs on the, on the crown side or where the crown would normally be uh, to unlock Mm -hmm. the bezel mechanism. There's a lever that you pull and then you can turn the bezel to whatever time zone you're in and then you click it back or whatever city you're in, you click it back. Um, Whereas I know that IWC on their time zoner, um, you push the bezel down and turn it either clockwise or counterclockwise to jump it forward and backward. Um, obviously, yeah. the, just not having the lever makes it a little bit easier to use. But I, I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at how it looks, it's not any bigger or smaller than a Panerai um, crown. Model. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's you're right. It's like a super interesting feature. And like like I said, I'm surprised that it was developed so early or I mean, yeah, something so recent to us currently, like in the early 2000s. I mean, I feel like in that era, I mean, you don't get a lot of like, new in-house watchmaking going on 
And it also like, you know, you say they're big watches. I mean, it was made in the era of, oh, you know, this is a 47 millimeter watch. This is fine. This is normal. That's almost small for that time. You know, like everyone, everyone was wearing big watches. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so just, you know, cool to see that kind of stuff still being made uh, in that time, time period. You know, it, it's, a, it's a neat watch. And th- I mean, this kind of gets into the whole I like the time zoner, but I think also like I'm saying it's a big watch and it's, you know, 42, 43, 44. I think some of the IWCs that they have this complication in are 46. I know I yeah. think it, it, it's found its way into like the Spitfire, which might be a 42, but also in a, in a model of the big pilot's watch, which is I know a 46 with a massive crown. Like I, yeah, I've got big. my, I've got my black Bay on today and it's a 41 millimeter and it, it fits me fine. But like, I couldn't go much bigger than 44. I don't think that'd be massive. Yeah. Um, I mean, IWC is known for like absolutely humongous watches for no particular reason. I mean, it was just recently, I mean, this, I mean, yeah, Basel 2019, they came out with the, you know, the 41 millimeter, uh, Spitfire chronograph. I mean, that watch, their, uh, their pilot chronograph watches had historically been 43 millimeters, maybe even bigger than that. I know most of them were 43 millimeters. Um, but yeah, the big pilots 46, like you said, I mean, IWC is a brand known for larger watches. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me. And I get, I get the histor- history behind it. I mean, you, you develop watches for, you know, World War II era pilots on both sides. And it's you need to be able to do this in a cockpit with gloves. But how many of us are flying in planes with a co- in a yeah, cockpit no, with gloves? It's one of those things that I think is a little bit dated. But, I mean, you mentioned Panerai. I mean, Panerai does the same, th- same thing. I mean, they've still stick to their 47 and 44 millimeter watches. But, I mean, they also came out with uh, – uh, I think it was either last year or the year before. I think it was last year. Uh, their their Due series, which is, um, you know, don't quote me on this, but I believe they're 39 or it's 40 It's a good-looking watch and it's a good size. I mean, I, I like that yes. they did that. I, again, would love to see one of those in person. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they know, I mean, heritage, but they, t- they made it smaller. And I feel like IWC is kind of going in that direction, which I think they should. Um, but, I mean, yeah, smaller watches with the heritage, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, I always, I always kind of question, like, I – I like the idea of a pilot's watch, but I feel like the, the functionality of a dive bezel in everyday life is just tough to beat. Um, yeah. And IWC always seems like a little bit pricey for what they are. And I mean, in fairness, I've only ever tried them on the one time we were up at, at Stafford here in town. Um, yeah. And the, the time that we got together um, to look at watches. And it was just, I feel like all their watches look the best on straps and I don't know how well I'd like their bracelets. And to me, I get, I mean, I put my dive watches on straps. I enjoy, you know, NATO straps. I enjoy changing stuff up. But to me, a tool watch needs to be, needs to have a bracelet that I like. And I don't know that I like their bracelets. I mean, if it, if it says anything, when I think of IWC, I, I don't even think of the bracelet. You know, the bracelet doesn't even come to my mind. It's, it's strap only. Strap leather uh, you know leather strap or nato those are the two options that come to mind when i think of iwc um so like you said you, you don't know how you feel with the bracelets i don't particularly like them i mean they're they're all right i guess but i mean they're not they're not show stopping they're nothing to write home about they're kind of just there um but i'm the same but, way i agree with you like when i think of the i mean i think of that little spitfire that they came out with it's either 37 or 39 this year it's a great Great watch. Is the, the Mark 18. Love that watch. But again, it's like if I'm going to spend $4,000 on a watch, I feel like I should get a nice bracelet with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, 
I mean, although, I mean, you can bring that argument to, like, over to brands like, you know, Grand Seiko. I mean, you know, those watches, a lot there. of them don't, don't really come on bracelets, but you're still paying a lot of money for them. And it happens with a lot of watches, you know. I mean, although, I mean, it, it really is, like, more in the upper echelon of watches. Like, when I think of a paddock, I don't think of it on a bracelet. I think of it on a strap. Oh, no, yeah. Any, anything in the same vein. Anything no. high, high urology, paddock, um, Lana. For a good, yeah. for a good number of, of Vacherons, um, yeah. I guess when you think AP, I know they make a, but they have a bunch of other lines. I know we actually, oddly enough, got a chance to try on the Millinery last year, uh, which yeah. is a goofy watch. It's a crazy <laughs> watch. Couldn't be an everyday watch, but it was kind of fascinating to put on. Whenever anybody yeah. thinks of AP, you think of the Royal Oak on a bracelet, which they've put all yeah. their all their fancy movements in there. They put, I mean, the the, the perpetual ultra thin perpetual calendar is unbelievable. And it's in a all oh, ceramic. In a, now it's in an all ceramic AP Royal Oak uh, black and white. It's just it's unbelievable. Yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, everyone knows that AP put all their eggs in one basket with the Royal Oak. I mean, that's kind of their thing. That's their niche. Let them yes. do that. I mean, yes, it is. We've kind of we've kind of ventured away from the original topic, which you know most <laughs> watch conversations do. But I mean, just kind of back to wrap uh, the defunct design up. Um, for those of you who haven't looked, um, Vogard, any of their business officer time zoner watches, uh, stainless steel at ranging from 42 to 44 millimeters, really cool little functionality, uh, cheaper way to get something that's equivalent to the IWC time zoner because it's the same technology. They invented it. They went, they didn't really go under, but they sold the patents to IWC and their brand is no longer around. So, yeah. And the yeah, odd thing is, is 2015. I want yeah. To say yeah. 2015. That was the article I was reading. It's like, that was fairly yeah. recent. Um, so yeah, just, which is crazy. just, uh, just something to think about. Um, if you don't like how big, the time zoners are at IWC. I don't know. I mean, I found one, like I said, I found one on Watchbox for just about 2,500 bucks. Again, I don't know how the, you know, everybody's looking to spend 2,500 bucks for Which a I mean, too. mechanism yeah. on a defunct brand that is now in a bigger one because no one's going to know that that's how it ended yeah. up. But um, a little bit of interesting. But I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to be going on there looking for Vogard watches. So, I mean, I'm sure you can probably get – because Watchbox, you can sit in offers. So, I mean, you can probably get that watch for definitely cheaper than $2,500. Also true. Um, uh, but again, I, I mean, they didn't produce a ton of them. I haven't seen too many of them. Obviously, you know, like you said, Watchbox is there to sell. They'll probably take a, a decent offer for it as long as it's not an extreme low ball. But that was the other thing, too. I had a really hard time trying to find these, too. I was looking to find another example, and that was the only one I could find for sale. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just yeah, – I wonder how many they actually made because I don't really know. Uh, they were a boutique brand. I mean, the, the article that I was taught that I read in Forbes from a while ago, again, it was around the yeah. time they sold the patents – um, was saying that they were in one of the very small, like you had to go to, the, you had to know how to get to their booth to find them. Interesting. Um, okay. So they, they weren't exactly in the main ex- exhibition hall. Yeah. It's a super small boutique brand. That's huh. exactly. Again, also not ever been to Basel. So I, again, just taking this Forbes author's word for it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, I think that kind of wraps up what we wanted to talk about here for the first episode. Um, where can yeah, everybody absolutely. find you on Instagram Spangler? Uh, it's going to be at Evan Spangler one. Um, I'm not that popular, but if you want to follow me, I take some, take some cool photos from time to time. And, uh, I've got some cool watch pics on there every once in a while. So, uh, definitely give me a follow if you're out there. All right. And I am at M Spence one, two, seven. Uh, again, not too many followers. Don't post anything but watches. Um, but I got some pretty fun stuff and I, I try to do my best with my, uh, my iPhone to take halfway decent pictures. Um, and then you can follow the podcast, obviously, at 
whiskey.and.watches on Instagram. Um, so thanks, everyone. Yeah, definitely give us a follow. Be yeah. great. Give us a follow. You know, obviously, we'll try to cross-post some content on all of our all of our uh, all of our Instagram handles, and uh, uh, you know, feel free to reach out. Uh, give us give us some pointers if you have any tips on making the audio sound better. Please let us know. Yes, please do. We've uh, kind of MacGyvered this currently, so we'd love to love to hear anybody that can uh, figure out how to do this uh, in a in a better fashion. Yes, that would be uh, that would be much help. Um, so, yes. if, if if by any chance anybody from any of the professional watch podcasts are listening and can tell us a cheap way to do this a little bit better, let us know. Uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, Hopefully we'll be back. Like I said, goal is a weekly episode. Um, and I think, I think kind of the next discussion will kind of be how we each got into the hobby and, uh, you know, a review of each of our, our collections. That'll probably be a, a two-parter, if you will. So one episode for me and one episode for Spangler. Yeah, no, and I'm looking forward to it too. It should be a good couple of episodes coming up here. So. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk. We'll see you later. Yeah. Thanks everyone. See you next time. Mm-hmm.